This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is here with me. This is our final position preview episode we've done 10 of them previously looking at all the position groups on offense all the position groups on defense going in depth feel feel pretty good about how well covered we are about this team uh of course you can read our stories that are even more in depth over at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com whether it's insider intel analytical previews press conference updates you should be able to find it all with 24/7 sports this episode, we're looking at the special teams. So done with the offense, done with the defense. Now we got special teams. We'll look at the biggest strength, biggest question marks, position battles. There's actually some intriguing ones quietly. I think they've gone under-discussed among fans, but I think there are some quietly intriguing position battles, X-factor players to watch, stats to watch, make bold predictions for this room. So, Steve, I'm going to start with the strengths. I guess we'll see, right? There is some unknown here, but I wrote biggest strength. I think Michigan's going to be able to pass the kicker and punter baton onto the next group. Jake Moody, Brad Robbins, you could probably make a pretty compelling case that they were the best kicker-punter duo in Michigan history over the past couple seasons. Certainly were the best kicker-punter duo in the country from an NFL draft perspective. I know Brad Robbins... A lot of people looked at his average punting when he was in college and thought, oh, okay, so-so. But his his hang time, he was number one in the country in hang time. I think his uh, inside the 20 to touchback ratio was best in the country. And they were both drafted. Just the second time in 40 years that the same team has produced a drafted kicker and punter in the same draft. I think Utah did it in 2019. But prior to that, hadn't happened since like the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. So... Yeah, really good duo and and 11 combined seasons at Michigan, which is just crazy. Um, And they both started as underclassmen. I know Robbins had some injuries, but yeah, last couple of years, Michigan's special teams, you know, this is not a slight on Jay Harbaugh, but he didn't have to coach them that hard because they were, they were veterans. They knew what to do. They knew how to conduct themselves in practice. They were consistent and steady and, and mentally, you know, check mentally steady, I guess, in games. So there's definitely some unknown. It'll be a new kicker, new punter for the first time since 2020. So there is some unknown, but Tommy Doman, super highly rated recruit. I think, you know, there's like four special teams recruiting websites who, you know, really study the kickers, the punters, the long snappers really well. He was number one or number two in the country at punter. All four sites. They never, I feel like they never agree, but they all agree that Tommy Doman was was extremely good at punting, averaged almost 45 yards as, per punt uh, as a senior in high school. And and then I think uh, James Turner, we've talked about him a couple times, but probably the least discussed 
transfer portal pickup Michigan had this year, yet he might play a pretty significant role. I know Adam Samaha is probably battling him for the kicker job. I know they have a few contenders for the kicker job, but but James Turner was 20 for 22 last year at Louisville. I think in his career, he's 38 for 39 on field goal attempts under 40 yards. Very Jake Moody-like, where he uh, inside 40, he's money. I think the next step for him is expanding his leg. But at the same time, I'm looking on paper, I'm looking at what these what these two have done in their careers. I know Tommy Doman hasn't done it necessarily in college as much, but I'm seeing two guys who can be top five at their position in the Big Ten. So, so to me, Steve, the biggest strength at, of the special teams room, there's, there's a few other directions you could go with this, but to me the biggest strength is I think Michigan's going to be able to pass the baton, and that's, that's a huge sigh of relief. I mean, if they were trotting out two true freshmen, and some true freshmen – are ready to go. But the fact that they have, you know, veterans, guys who've been around college for a long time and, and also have either, you know, Tommy Doman was successful recruit. James Turner was a successful starting kicker in the ACC. I just feel like that's got to be a little bit of a sigh of relief for Michigan that, that, that that's not, they're not entering fall camp unsure of what's going to happen. Steve, what's your biggest strength of this special teams room? Two, it's sort of twofold, but it's the, it's their, the staff's ability to utilize their athletes to the fullest extent, right? I mean, it's a, it's a spot where they play. They really focus on playing their most athletic and heady guys. Uh, and it, and it's led to a consistently a, a long track record at this point of consistently winning the field position battle on a quarter by quarter drive by drive basis. And I just think over the course of a four quarter game, the field position deal is something that is never talked about enough because there's no, I mean, you can talk about punter, I suppose, but like there's never really any single player or thing that you can kind of point at to, to credit, you know, necessarily you can, but people, it's just never really talked about. Uh, so I, I, I have to go with, I think Michigan did finish last year, either first or second in the country and net net field position i always like the football outsiders their fei ratings yes, they, they, they did right? lead net field position 7.4 yards yeah which is a lot per um, special teams play i guess it's yeah very right? impressive so that's I, I would i would point to that because i think and of course i mean yeah the play like a, the punter especially obviously has a, a big impact on that but so does just the coverage and michigan i feel like has always had excellent coverage both in punt and kick return so i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go with the the field position battle uh due to michigan not afraid to play some better players on that unit and and just it has been a very well coached unit for pretty much the whole time harbaugh whether it was john baxter chris partridge jay harbaugh um it's it's been one of the better coached units that michigan has had uh throughout harbaugh's tenure it has. It has. And and a lot of people before Michigan started being really good the past two years, people are always like, why is Michigan getting so many players drafted when they're going nine and four, eight and five? Special teams plays a really big role. I know NFL coaches have said this, you know, Michigan, they make their best players play special teams. And that's something NFL teams do too. Every player who's drafted outside of maybe quarterbacks and, and first round draft picks are going to play on special teams. You only have 53 guys 
you can put on your roster. So, you know, players are going to have to humble themselves if they think they're above special teams. And Michigan kind of does that for them. You know, I think about Jordan Glasgow or Kalik Hudson or, you know, some of those like linebackers and, and the safeties. They weren't necessarily, I mean, they were drafted partly because they were good at Michigan, but a lot of, some of it was, they were just special teams aces. They were guys that, that NFL teams could count on. I would also point out that Michigan has gotten a kicker, punter, and long snapper drafted in the last three years, which I, I feel, I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't have the stat. I don't feel like a lot of schools can say that. I feel like Alabama can probably say that. I uh, don't know. Don't know if a lot of schools can say that in that short of a time. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a priority. And then I think about special teams. They always really reward it, too. I think about like Caden Colasar, Quinton Johnson are two players who I think are special teams savants, but it's it's celebrated at Michigan. It's rewarded at Michigan. So it definitely it definitely shows up in the consistency a year in, year out. Does net, net field position? I always wonder if that's a little bit like, are you just a dominant football? Like it's easier to win the field position battle when you also aren't giving up first downs and you yourself are getting first downs. But I do think year in, year out, they, they are excellent across the board at special teams. You know, the, the holistic special teams efficiency stats, it does seem like Michigan always does really well. All right, biggest question mark. I mentioned kicker, punter, two spots. I am feeling like Michigan will be where it needs to be or where it wants to be. Return game, very fascinating. You know, A.J. Henning is gone. He and, and Ronnie Bell is gone, too. Um, so I think in the last two years, they would combined for the vast, vast majority of Michigan's punt and kick returns over the last couple seasons. Not, not super concerned about punt return. I feel like between Roman Wilson and Mike Sainer still does feel like they have experience and skill there. Kick return... It's not even necessarily a weakness or a concern point. I'm just really curious because I mean they, you know, they've got all sorts of different types of players, right? You know, there's Amon Dennis, widely believed to be the team's fastest player. Uh, but then they also have Kalel Mullings and Alex Orgy, both of whom are over 235 pounds. And then they, you know, they have some of the receivers as well, some of the some of the running backs and and whatnot, some of the defensive backs, but but I'm just very curious about what direction they go with this because they've got veterans, they've got freshmen, they've got starters who are offensive and defensive starters. They've got reserves, guys who I don't expect to play much on offense or defense. Uh, they've got offensive players, defensive players. And yeah, they've, they've even got a fourth-string quarterback in the mix in this return game. So I'm just very fascinated to see how this all plays out. It does seem like some years they have like just a very natural fit I think about Jabril Peppers, Giles Jackson, uh, A.J. Henning were all players who it's like, yeah, of course they're the return guy. That, that makes total sense. This year, I don't know if they have a super obvious one. I would say Roman Wilson, but I would. it sounds like he's trending more and more toward being Michigan's go-to wide receiver this fall, and he was, was pretty close to it last year against TCU. I'm just very fascinated to see how this plays out. Michigan, they always, I like this, they always cast a wide net during fall camp of who the return men are. But usually, there's a little bit more clarity, I think, at this point. So that, so to me, the fact that they're keeping it open, which makes sense, 
But the fact they're keeping open, it makes me very curious to see, you know, do they have a trick up their sleeve? Do they have some plans in place? That's that's probably the biggest question mark for me. Steve, your biggest question mark about this special teams unit? I think I don't think there's really any other direction to take it except, yeah, who's going to who is actually going to return. I think punt return more impre- more important than kick return. Uh, I yes, I agree I, with that. Yes. Jim seems like a guy who has a tendency to reward loyalty. I, I, I kind of wonder if Amon Dennis will get a shot at at least one of kick return and or punt return, just because it feels like he's a guy not, I mean, not just a guy that's paid his dues, but also has traits that could be effective in the return game. Right. So wondering if he'll get a, get some kind of shot to begin the season, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's always one of the more fun and fascinating because they do, they've always cast a what, but they should, that's what we talk about the athletes and coverage uh, those same types of athletes, your skill position guys, can be assets in the return game as well. So uh, again, more often than not, it has totally worked out for Michigan. So I think, you know, given that they, and I, I just was clicking back while you were talking and I mean, year in and year out, Michigan has fielded, they, they are top 10 in the country with the net field position almost every year. The only year they weren't, if you want to take a guess, 2020, because <laughs> nothing right. was normal yep. in 2020 for Michigan football. Uh, so, you know, they tend to tend to make the right choice or at least eventually find the right guy. So, you know, but it will, that'll be very, you know, maybe more than most things for the season opener will be the fascinating thing to see when they go back to return, like who goes back to return a punt, the first punt, you know? Uh, but, but I, again, this is, this is not any, um, not even an educated guess necessarily. It's just uh, my instinct tells me, I think that Dennis will get a shot at one, if not both kick and punt return. I just, just a hunch. When you're the fastest player on a team with this many NFL caliber athletes, I I feel like you kind of have to at some point. Right. I mean, and, 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 and a guy that has been consistently lauded and praised for his dedication as, as far as being a special teams, you call him a savant, which I agree. I think that's a good phrase uh, or a good a good term. But, right, so it's not as if it's just because he's the fastest guy. Like, there are other factors, I think, that give him, have at least possibly created an opportunity for him, for the staff to want to give him a chance to find and sort of carve out a role, uh, you know, with with a what should be a top five team this year. I think it's worth a shot, right? Especially these first couple games. And and one thing I will say, because you know, when I did my position battle to watch when I wrote the special teams preview story, you know, the kick returner one fascinates me more. And I think Michigan has improvements, more improvements to make in kick return than in punt return. But punt return is the more competitive position battle because I think, you know, kick return, if you misread the ball. Just throw your hands up. It's a touchback or just catch it. No one's close to you. Take a knee. It's a touchback, whatever. Punt return, quietly very important. You and I have talked a ton about like Jabril Pepper's ability to go catch like almost shanked punts and, and get the fair catch. Or, you know, if you if you let a punt bounce, you're, you're kind of letting your team down unless you get lucky and it goes in the end zone. You know, kick return, you can let it go. 
punt return, you can, even if you're not making a return, you got to be there. You got to withstand, you know, the foot, you'll hear the footsteps and you got to make that fair catch. You know, players will be shouting at you or trying to get you to flinch or drop it or muff it or whatever. You know, I think you need steady hands. I think you need to be a veteran typically. And so I, I actually looked this up. The last freshman to be a punt returner for Michigan in a primary punt returner role was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Last non-receiver was actually Jabril Peppers in 2016. So you're talking the last five, six years. It's always been veteran or or experienced wide receivers. So I think Dennis makes sense. I think Roman Wilson makes sense. They want to put him over there. Mike Sainer still, I know he's not a wide receiver, but he was a wide receiver. So I think he makes a lot of sense. I guess the wild card that I'm intrigued by at punt return is Kalel Mullings. Six foot two, 239 pounds, I believe, at running back. Former linebacker turned third down running back. The fact that Jim Harbaugh mentioned him second or third when he listed the the six or seven candidates at punt return, I, I must say I'm I'm very intrigued because you know clearly he he has shown something. You know, it's not like he just started the position yesterday. You know, clearly Michigan's giving him reps in practice and giving him a long look as a punt returner. It might be a, a loyalty rewarding situation similar to Amon Dennis. You know, Mullings has switched sides of the ball. It sounds like, you know, he wasn't starting at linebacker. He wasn't starting at running back. So maybe this is this is an opportunity that he's partly getting because he's been around a while. He's done the hard work. He's played on special teams. You know, maybe this is loyalty being rewarded but to me the punt return battle I agree with you I think it's a little more important I think the the waters I would argue a little bit hotter Steve I I know you you kind of just talked about a few of the candidates so I'm just curious like philosophically like should Michigan they, they seem to go back and forth some years it seems like they have underclassmen reserve guys in these return special teams roles some years it's Ronnie Bell or it's it's you know a team star player. I know at one point Blake Corum was returning kicks. Where do you fall on that line? I mean, you know, should Michigan continue putting just whoever the best returner is or let someone else go out there and maybe, you know, just because injuries tend to happen at a higher rate on return plays and special teams plays, you know, where do you, where do you fall in that debate of what Michigan should do? Uh, definitely best player. And and that's the way Michigan's going to do it too. I, I think if the player, if the, uh, if they have a good enough guy, you know, where they don't have to throw a starter out there. But I, I also don't think like that level of sacrifice is not very high at all. I mean, there's a reason that Peppers was out there while he was also playing on both sides of the football. Right. I mean, granted, he was capable of playing all three sides, but right. he was also the best option there when they they had other guys that could have easily played punt return I feel like on that roster that was there was a lot of pretty good athletes on that roster as well so no I definitely you know the whole uh you know don't throw your back Michigan takes special teams as seriously as any program in the country uh, there's a reason why they're always ranked near the top in, a, in almost every special teams category and uh part of that is putting some of your best offensive and or defensive players on that unit um so that's I think that's the approach Michigan is always going to take under Harbaugh. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. So 
yes, I, again, if A and B are neck and neck and A is a starter, like an offensive starter, and B is not, like maybe B is a, set, a two deep guy, maybe they they probably do lean towards the two deep guy. But A and B need to be close for them to go with B. They're not going to just throw somebody out there because they're not a starter just to save a potential starter from getting hurt on special teams. Like you said, we've seen time and time again, they've put guys who played legit snaps, particularly on offense out there. Right. So yeah. What you mentioned people's Jones earlier. So yeah, you got, you know, Ronnie Bell, people's Jones, Jabril peppers, even AJ Henning was getting, you know, he's, he might be, he's maybe would fit a little bit more into that ladder category as a guy who wasn't quite at the top of the depth chart, you know, and, and, but again, he, had a skill set I think that really fit well with with the return game. I mean, he was pretty effective for the most part. So, you know, but no, I think if it comes down to it and your best, like if it is a Roman Wilson, that I think that's the route Michigan would and should go if they do. I think you also ask the player because there are some players like they they want to go. And that was the thing with Ronnie Bell. I know people, he had the injury and people were like, oh, you know, but like he wants that. He wants to be that return man. He loves that. Some players, you know, once they are told, hey, you're going to play 50 snaps a game on offense or you're going to play 50 snaps a game on defense, they might say, they wouldn't say it outright, but they might, you know, want to just focus on offense and defense. And that, I think that that's fine. But yeah, if the player is like, please let me do uh, punt returns, please let me do kick returns. So real quick, just to list, just to showcase the variance of players that return in the return game that are battling for the job at according to Jim Harbaugh at punt return. It's Mike Sainer still Kalel Mullings, Donovan Edwards, Jake Thaw, Keyshawn Harris, Carmelo English, Tyler Morris at kick return. It's Roman Wilson, Kalel Mullings, Amon Dennis and Alex Orgy. So you're talking about guys ranging from walk-ons, freshmen, deep reserves to some of the faces of the offense and defense this season. We'll continue this discussion in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk about X-Factor players, stats to watch, and make bold predictions for the room. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, Steve, I'm going to say my ex. I don't know who your X-Factor player is. I feel like we're probably on the same page. But I think when I, when I you know, Alex Orgy is got to be the X-Factor player at kick return. You know, Jim Harbaugh cited him. He didn't cite him as the first guy when asked about kick returners, but he did say, you know, could be, uh, I think he actually said could be the greatest kick returner of all time, which is kind of premature, pretty heavy praise uh, for a guy who has not done a return. But, but yeah, when you hear fourth string quarterback, six foot, what, three, six foot three, 236 pounds, as the guy at kick returner, I feel like that has to become the X factor. I know Jim Harbaugh called him a secret plan. Who's your X factor on special teams? A, a guy who's, we don't know their role right now, but could play a key role at some point this season. Yeah, there could be 15 different guys that could fit this spot. I guess my X, my X factor just overall is, is, is James Turner because I just, I think Michigan, it, it it's going to be very hard. As good as James Turner is to replicate uh, what Jake Moody has produced for Michigan over the last couple of seasons. I mean, that talk about big shoes to fill. I mean, I'm wondering, I'm curious, you know, how many <clears throat> opportunities he'll get in clutch situations. Does he come through type deal? I just, I, again, I, I'm, I like the addition of Turner, obviously I think, and they knew they needed somebody. I just, I just think that replacing Jake Moody is going to be a little bit more of a tall task than people may realize. It will be. It w- I mean, honestly, replacing is probably, I guess it's technically the correct term, but like, yeah, I don't think he should be trying to be the next Jake Moody. He just has to focus because that's just not that realistic. I mean, Jake Moody broke, what, seven school records in the kicking department. So, yeah, replacing him, it's, I don't know, it's, I think about like a, like being point guard after Trey Burke, right? Like, you can't try to be the next Trey Burke. You just have to be, the best player you can be. So, and he was pretty good last year, 20 for 22 on field goals. I mean, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at to do it at a power five level to do it as a third year starter. You know, he's coming in, he's not unproven, but yeah, he's definitely like, he's someone that will play a big role one way or another in the success of the special teams room. You know, whether he's someone that's, they can count on every kick, you know, they can kick at a 90% clip again, or if he's someone that that struggles or or you know has a slump or whatever, which happens with kickers, it happened with Jake Woody actually in 2020. So yeah, I think that's a that's very fair as an X factor. Uh, real quick, because I thought you were going to say Alex Orgy, I did. I'm very intrigued by Club Mullings and Alex Orgy being listed as kick returner. So I did some research, and Steve, do you want to guess who the heaviest kick returner in the NFL was last season? I wouldn't even know where to. Well, Begin. I'll answer it quickly then. It's it's it was actually former Michigan running back Hassan Haskins. Ah, yeah, he had 19 kick returns for the Tennessee Titans last year as, as a rookie, and so and he's only 228 pounds. So I just this is the maybe the off season has gone on too long. Maybe I'm thinking too much. I kind of wonder if Harbaugh because. Chris Evans and Hassan Haskins, two guys who did not return kicks for Michigan, immediately go to the NFL and they're and they're 
kick returners. I mean, Hassan Haskins attempted more passes for Michigan than than returned kicks. I'm wondering if he's seeing some of these so-called bigger running backs or, or large, you know, because I think a lot of times when people think kick returners, it's like, I think Dennis Norfleet's like the epitome, like like a um, high energy, springy athlete, but like a smaller guy. Or AJ Henning, I think was on the smaller end. Like I think that's what a lot of people think, but I I kind of wonder, especially at kick return, if if this Alex Orgy Kalam Mullings talk, some of it might be rewarding loyalty, some of it, but I I do wonder if between Hassan Haskins becoming kick returner and and also just. Michigan has not been great at kickoff returns much under Jim Harbaugh. We, you know, I think they've been holistically very good at special teams. I think that's been a weak point, actually. Kick returns. I think of their la- of the what last six full seasons, they have ranked outside the top fifty five times in kickoff return average. And I kind of wonder if they're thinking, hey, maybe you get some size back there. You get a guy who's harder to bring down. Obviously, you need some of the initial blocks to to help them get up to speed, get up the field. But but I kind of wonder if that's on Jim Harbaugh's mind with Kalal Mullings and Alex Orgy is like, hey, a guy who's hard to tackle is a guy who's hard to tackle. We don't have to put a 180 pound, you know, cornerback back there. It can be someone with 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 some size, someone who's who's going to be hard to bring down. Just something. Since I thought you were going to go Alex Orgy, I didn't mention it, but but that was something that that intrigued me when I hear Jim Harbaugh mention Kalel Mullings and Alex Orgy as a kick returner. My my stat to watch is average kickoff field position. So net field position, Michigan's number one in the country. But Steve, last year on kickoff returns, Michigan's average field position was only the 26.4 yard line. And that includes three onside kicks, three squib kicks where the average field position is obviously going to be a lot closer on. If you take out the onsides and the squibs, Michigan's average field position in the first in October and in the first three games of November was only the 22.9 yard line on, on the kicks they returned. So what that tells me is they actually were doing worse when they returned kickoffs than when they just let it be a fair catch. And then you saw against Illinois, Ohio state, Purdue, I believe in those games, they only returned one of 16 kickoffs. And then against TCU is a little different because I think they were trying to like spark comebacks. They were trying some of these more aggressive returns. But you saw late in the season, Michigan was struggling so much on kickoff returns that they just kind of stopped doing them. And so to me, that's a stat to watch. And we can talk about the different candidates for kick return, but between the blocking, the return man, and the scheme, Something was off last season, and something was off the season before. They were outside the top 80 in average kickoff returns. So th- so to me, the average field position on kickoff returns, that's going to be a stat that I'm watching over the next month because I think the opportunities there, I don't doubt that they have talent in the kick return game. I don't doubt that they have talent in terms of the guys blocking in kickoff returns. But I think if it's, if it's not working significantly better this year than last year, I think they might you might see a team see them become one of those teams that just doesn't bring a lot of kicks out. They take the touchback, they start at the 25. No one gets hurt, no problem. That's not how Michigan has historically viewed kickoffs, but I do think the struggles the last two seasons I say struggles. They obviously the team was very successful, but that particular area 
was not a strong point for them. So that's a that's an area that I think I'll be watching in the first month to see like, okay, are they improved or is this still a problem? And is this something that they're just going to kind of avoid? Cause some teams do that. I know, I know Utah, I think they only returned 10% of kickoffs last year. Cause they were just like, we'll just take the touchback and start at the 25. So something that I'll be keeping an eye on. All right. Bold prediction time, Steve, what is your bold prediction for this special teams room? I think Michigan finishes number one. And at the FEI, I think we go back to FEI, they finish number one. So they were number two last year, three. How bold is it, I guess? No, they they continue the ascension. They go three, two, one. They end the season number one. I'm trying to think of something to maybe add on to that, because that's kind of a boring one. But I'll just, I'll just stick with that. I think they I think they end up with the number one special teams unit in the country. And uh, I think we see, I do think it's another spot where we'll see a lot of rotation, at the particularly at the kick return spot. Uh, to begin the year I think we'll see Alex Orgy out there at some point he's got to be out there at some point just because of what Jim Harbaugh well, said. Right. Like, you, you can't yeah. I guess yeah he's out not there very, just so Jim not, Harbaugh doesn't look like a liar yeah not very bold to say that the greatest kick returner of all time will not be out returning kicks right so um or the guy who could be the greatest kick returner of all time is not out there returning kicks but uh I do yeah I think we see him out there and that'll be that'll be must watch TV to begin with I just that is I when he said that in the press conference I mean that was probably the most jaw-dropping moment of his pressers not that there are many but that was one where it was like oh wow like that would be kind of crazy if that actually happened so uh but I think it will it was I mean immediately I I heard it and immediately I was like just started drumming up the story it's like all right yeah this is I don't even care what else he says <laughs> that is significant that is su- surprising to me it, and I kind of mentioned the why I will say, Steve, I think number one, predicting number one, that's plenty bold enough given that they have a new starting kicker, a new starting punter, a new starting kick returner, a new starting punt returner from last season. So there's a lot of turnover. I, I kind of, agree. I don't know if I would predict number one, but I do kind of agree. I don't think it's going to be a drop off. I think they have the personnel in place and, and they have experience at like, like the gunner, the long snapper, you know, some of the, some of the other less discussed special teams roles, it does feel like they have those positions in place. Uh, my bold prediction, I think Tommy Doman finishes top 10 nationally in average punting yards. So I know Jim Harbaugh made some minor, boy, he's, he's really laying the high, uh, the high praise on thick with the special teams this year. Cause at big 10 media days, he said, Tommy Doman, has the best leg from a punter he's seen since he's been at Michigan. You know, Brad Robbins averaged in 2021, averaged more than 45. I mean, he's top 15 nationally in average punting yards at 45.8. Will Hart was, I think, top five in the country in average punting yards at 46.3, I think, uh, in 2019. So for Harbaugh to say this, and I guess there's no, no one's going to fact check him on it necessarily, but but for him to say that, and then knowing Tommy Doman's recruiting background, how good he was in high school, uh, I I don't know that he'll be as efficient in terms of hang time, you know, touchback, avoiding touchbacks, pinning inside the 20. I don't know if he'll be quite as efficient as Brad Robbins was in that sense. I believe Jim, though, when he says strongest leg uh, that he's seen at Michigan as a punter. So pretty much I, I was looking it up over recent years. If If you average at least 46 yards per punt, 
you're going to be top 10 nationally average punting yards. And I think, I don't know, it, it was tough because I, I'm sure sometimes the word bold, like we're like, all right, it's got to be, he'll be best in the country. I'm not predicting that. I do think he can be top 10 in average punting yards, which would be quite quite a season for him as a first-year punter. I mean, he has one punt in his career. So that, to me, that's my bold prediction. All right, Steve, we have gotten through all of these position previews. You can find all 11 over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. We also have written previews. We have fall camp updates, both for VIP and stuff from the press conferences. Lots of insights and things to learn over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. Thank you so much for listening to these position preview series. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.